What's going on, everybody? This is Tavon Mason, former New York Jet wide receiver, CEO and founder of the Tavon Mason Love the Kids Foundation and children's book author. You're listening to Chasing Dream Radio with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and you are listening to episode number 98 of Chasing Dreams. And guys, I have a fantastic guest for you today. He's a guest to y'all. Not really. He's a friend. He's a friend from me. For me, a blast from the past. He is Tavon Mason, former NFL wide receiver for the New York Jets, a graduate from Woodlawn High School in 1998 with Amy J. And he accepted a full athletic scholarship to attend the University of Virginia. In 2011, after retiring from two seasons in the NFL, and one season with the Baltimore Mariners in the Indoor Football League, Tavon started coaching high school football at his alma mater and started his Tavon Mason Loves the Kids Foundation. Today, he is a defensive backs coach at Stevenson University, works for Baltimore County Public School Systems, is the vice president of the NFLPA Baltimore chapter, and is a published children's book author with his debut book, Tavon Does It All, which released in 2015. So I can only imagine what he has coming up because sounds like his plate is full, but he's, he's doing it all, guys. He's the epitome of chasing dreams, and he's taking some time to come on the show today. Tavon, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How you doing, Amy? Man, this is like it's great to be able to get on the show with you. I'm so glad that we have we had the opportunity to reconnect. It's um, amazing, right? Twenty we that, haven't seen each other or, or talked with each other in 19, 20 years, something like that. Right. Right. And but we 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 came back together though. Then and that's I think what is great about you know one thing. I know a lot of people tend to uh hate social media, but I I I believe it's very effective if you use it the right way. And this is how, you know, it brought us back together yes. again after 19, uh, 20 years. That's, this is the power of social media at its best, guys. You see, right. you see so many uh, negative uses of it, but this, this is a positive use, reconnecting. We went to high school together, you know, back in the day. Some of you guys have heard of Woodlawn High School from um, other podcasts, probably, that, you know, are fi- famous, but... You know, after high school, Tavon went off to to do great things in football, which he was a star football player at Woodlawn High School, guys. So it didn't surprise me when I would see him doing all these great big things. 
So first of all, kudos to you, sir, for using your talents and just growing. I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. And like you said, it is a it was a big dream and it is a big accomplishment, not even just for myself, but just for graduating from Whitlaw High, especially with Whitlaw having kind of a, a negative reputation. But we do have a lot of gems out there that have are uh, very successful that came from a high school, you know, yourself and myself and plenty more. So, you know, it it feels great. And I love uh, representing um, Whitlaw High School, regardless of what yeah. 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 You know, regardless of the things that have been said in the past. And even while we were there, you know, right. it didn't get the best rep. That's fine. Right. We got the best education. I right. had a exactly. great high school experience personally. I'm pr- Taylor. Yours was OK. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it, it. you hear this stuff, but it was still a great experience that we had. It had its moments, of course, but like any other school. And so. For us, and you're right, there are a ton of other people who came from Woodlawn, have done well, and are are gems in their own right. But for you, as a football player, was that something you knew you wanted to do, be NFL football player? Yes, I I wanted it. I mean, I loved it, uh, you know, growing up and and having the opportunity to watch, uh, like, Jerry Rice and and other guys. And that was, like, a huge dream of mine um, to be able to play in the NFL Getting there was another thing, but, you know, I, I made it <laughs> and, you know, whether it was short or not, you know, that, that experience and the, to be able to say I, I've done it you now is, is an awesome and great feeling. The fact that you did, it, I mean, a lot of kids, right, have that dream of playing in the NFL. Every time there's a Super Bowl, you, it comes out of kids, you know, the belief they have when they meet their favorite player, you know, you had it. Did you ever doubt that it would work? Like even in high school? The fact that, you know, that was just one step. And then going to the University of Virginia on a full athletic scholarship, did you think, okay, all right, this is the next step. We're doing all right. Or did you think, is this the right choice? Is this where I need to be going? Were there any doubts in your journey? I had a few second guesses, and most of them came at UVA. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that I've learned over that experience is the games changes when you leave Mm -hmm. from high school to college. And what I mean by the game changes is just the makeup of football in general. You go from high school, it, it goes from a fun time. Uh, you're still a teenager. You're still a kid. And so when you kind of like cross over to adulthood because it becomes a business in college. So it goes from having fun to where you're you're always worried about, OK, am I going to get to play or making sure I know this play or I know this. But at the same time, you're trying to balance that along with the athletics, you no, know, I mean, along with the academics. I, mean, I did that in high school, but this was on a, a, a different level because you was a, because I was awarded over a hundred thousand dollars scholarship. So it's kind of like, you know, you want to give your all because basically they gave you their all, you know, me a right. part of that all by giving you that full scholarship. So, um, I had doubts up and down, you know, going through, um, UVA, but I think, my last year is when I had the most fun. So I stopped worrying and just start having fun again. So I took it back to high school to just having fun. So whatever happened, happened. You know what I mean? Whatever, like they say, let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. I just had fun. And then, you know, I, I got my opportunity. Now, when you talk about the change from high school to college football, right? It's not something that is oft talked about necessarily. Was right. it a shock for you or did someone prepare you for that? Did you have someone guiding you? Um, it was a shock. Um, I didn't have one guiding me. Um, I did have kind of a mentor and, you know, and we both knew him, uh, Keon Carpenter. Oh, I think yeah. his mentor, yeah, his, 
his mentoring um, came from being able to see him do it because before he did it, I was like, how do you go about getting to college? Sure. You know, didn't really know anything about recruiting or sending off footage. And then when he when he got into Virginia Tech and got a full scope to Virginia Tech, then for one, that was like, wow, that is, is hope out there. So I can use this platform, um, use his platform to get myself there. So um, really didn't have the guidance on how college is on that level. It just was being able to have that. I kind of have like a knack for just sitting back and um, being very observant. So just watching how things played out kind of helped me. So when I got to my last year, um, I was able to just, you know what? Oh, well, I mean, whatever happens, happen, you know, and just have fun. So I guess, like they say, being able to go back to my childhood while I was in college to be able to have fun with a game that I love, it kind of helped me, you know, um, it took the worries away and it's like, I'm just going to go and play. And I think that's one of the keys of helping me to get to the NFL, just going and play something that I've played since fifth grade. Um, just go and play. And that's really cool. And uh, I, guys, if you're listening, I hope you're taking notes because you don't get that kind of knowledge, right? It, it is one of those things that you go through. And so I'm glad that you were able to enjoy it though for a period of time. I mean, when you watch TV movies and all, it doesn't make it seem like it's a lot of fun sometimes. Right. Right. And the thing is, is uh, another thing that they play out, you know, with such the, you know, great graphics and television, you know, and I, I tell a lot of the kids that I, I go and speak to when I do speaking engagement or I speak to football players or young football players that, you know, everything you see on Saturday and Sunday for us college and NFL, you know, that's great. That's the, the big setup. That's the big bang. A lot of people don't get to see the behind the scenes. So the, the behind the scenes is what prepares you for um, making the next step, whether you're going from high school to college, college to the NFL. How do you handle behind the scenes when the, you know, the lights, are, as they say, the lights are off, the glitz and glamour is not there. You know, you practice in every half hours a day and, you know, you're just running yourself into the ground because, you know, you, you want to you want this so bad. You know what I mean? So it's a. a it, it's a great way. And I love telling people that I love telling kids that. So just to make sure they'll be able to handle that, because a lot of people can't handle that. A lot of people can't deal with being outside in the hundred some degree weather. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, you running for two and a half hours or you, you, you know, you, you trying to get in shape to play once a week, you know? So yeah, it, it's definitely, you know, something that I try to tell the you know, young kids, you know, if there's something you really want to do, you know, start preparing yourself now. And that's the thing, right? When you ha you've always had this perso personality about you where you're positive, right? Yeah. You, you, you're humble and you've been positive and you, it seems like you still have that mentality despite all you've gone through and the trials and tribulations and the climb you've had to the NFL and back, you still maintain that positive mentality. And was that difficult? I mean, it's difficult because when you, no matter what sport it is, when you kind of put yourself in that limelight and put yourself on that stage, you know, you have to adapt to what's coming because regardless of whether you play good, you play bad, something's going to come from that. So um, I think the, the the key with me of being positive is just knowing, you know, there's no point of kicking myself while I'm down or being mad if something doesn't happen. It's just, you know, keep turning that wheel, as I like to say, and keep keep punching, keep punching, keep punching, keep pushing, 
And then eventually that wall going to fall down, you know, and, and, and something good will come from it. And then I think that's the key is that that mentality. If you create that positive mind state, then it carry over even through the bad, even through the hardships or even through adversity. And so before we before we go to the other cool stuff you are doing, because you're doing a lot of amazing things right now. You know, what was it like when you realized you were going to go to the NFL? What was that moment um, like? Uh, it was crazy. So when I, I after that draft, mm -hmm. um, 2002, and I received a call that the Jets wanted me to come up. And I don't think it kicked in until I went up for mini camp. And when I walked into the facility um, and then the New York Jets facility was at the heart, was in the heart of Hofstra's campus before they moved to New Jersey now. But they was in the heart of Hofstra's campus. So walking into the facility and then seeing my name on a locker was just like crazy. That's when they kind of like set in. And what made it that much more great uh, my, in 2002, when I was able to get on the train, you no, know, we was on the train coming down to Baltimore mm -hmm. to uh, have a preseason game against the Ravens. I think that's it sunk in right there because it's like, wow, like, you know, I'm standing on uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, field and, you know, I mean, this is where I'm from. So that it kicked in right there. That's when it it just was like, wow, I, you know, I really did it. <laughs> I'm, I'm here, you know. So, yeah, that was like the. I think that was like the, the pinnacle for me, you know, just being able to get on that train from from New York and we pull into Penn Station in downtown Baltimore. And I was just like, wow. You Almost know, full this circle. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. And now so you, you played two seasons with the uh, the Jets, you know, right. and then you did some time with the Baltimore Mariners. Yeah. Right. Why leave? Was, think, there, um, was there any particular reason? No, just with me, I've always, like I said, I've always been a very observant person. So mm -hmm. I guess I was the type of person that know when is when, you know, you, you know how you get some athletes that just keep oh, um, yeah. pushing, pushing and pushing and pushing. You know, even when I came home after my two uh, years with the Jets, I kept training and kept training and waiting for phone calls. But then what I realized was, you know, maybe it's a different route for me to go. You know, I mean, even though it was it was heartbreaking because I, I know I wanted to play longer. You know, I had to think about plan B. And a lot of young athletes don't consider that because in their mind, they think, well, I'm just going to play for the rest of my life or however long I can play, make tons of money and don't do this and just be like this great athlete, whether it's NBA, NFL or baseball, anything. But, you know, it, it doesn't go that way. And I know I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, like the the how small the percentage is for people to make it to the NFL. Yeah. You know, so I came to grasp with that. And like, I mean, I did it regardless whether I played two seasons, uh, one season, I made it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I did it. So it was just, it's, it's time to just try something different, you know, and I can still stay connected with football in different ways, but it was time to try something different. And this is the part I have to commend you for, because there are oftentimes, I, I, I do understand what you mean, because sometimes there are those who don't understand when to say when right. and they just keep pushing and pushing. And, you know, it's the saying, right? Go out while you're still on top. Right. You right. know, and the fact that you took some time, thought about it and realized, Hey, I'm not, I haven't lost my dream. I haven't given up. I didn't lose anything, but maybe, maybe there's a new place for me. That's right. not easy and to do. And it's not. And, it, and it's a tough thing about it. And, and, you know, and that's what I keep, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, I work in a school system now and 
a lot of kids say, why did you leave mm-hmm. NFL, the football to come here? Why did you come here? I would have stayed in. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's to show you kind of like, and it's not a bad ignorance, but it's to show you the ignorance of young kids that they just get stuck on what they see on television. Mm-hmm. And they get stuck on the whole money factor is, you know, I'm not telling them it, it's out of my control. You know, it's a, it's a business. It's, you know, it's like a revolving door. It's almost like a, a factory. And the thing that made me, that, that I, that made it clear for me to know that it, it's time to do something else. Um, I, when I went in 2002, a guy was right next to me in my locker and he was a wide receiver and uh, we both played the same position. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, this is my first day I just got here. He said, man, he said, literally probably like 24 hours ago, I was in San Francisco. So it, you know, it is, it's tough cause you can be in one state in one day and the next day they let you go. And you, you know, if you have an agent or whatever, you know, you can sign, you know, you can be in San Francisco and the next day you're in Florida. So, and also in my mind, like I didn't want to live out of a suitcase. You know what I mean? A lot yeah. of athletes are suitcases where they jump from state to state, city to city, team you know, team. barely have, yeah, barely have funds to take care of that stuff, but they still chasing that dream. So it's, it, it was tough, but at the same time, it's like, you know what? I did it. Uh, it's time to, you know, move on to the next thing. And see, I, I like how you said that because it's one of those things where, because staying in has been advertised so much in movies, television, right? And everything you see, everyone's like, you know, stick with it, stick with it. Don't go until you, there's just no choice. And here you made it your choice, but also the fact that you acknowledge that this isn't a quitting move. Right. Right. And, and kids today, I think, feel that it's a quitting move. And it's like, but that's not the case. Right. You know, it is a business. You chose to go out on your own terms. Right. That's impressive and, you know, admirable because that was your decision. Yeah, exactly. Now, when you talk to kids about that, though, I'm, I'm curious, do they mm. understand when you explain it to them? Um, I think it, be, it depends on the uh, age group. When I talk to my middle schoolers, some will get it, some might not get it because you know, they come back the next day or a couple of days later and say it all over again. Where, <laughs> right. <laughs> the high schoolers, they understand because they starting that they starting that uphill battle to get to college. And they seeing how already it's tough even yeah, and it's tough in high school with the competition and with so many camps out there and so many this, so many that that, you know, what I mean, they're trying to uphill battle just to make it a college. So when I tell them like the same thing that you're going through now try to make it to college is no different from when you leave in college and try to make it to the NFL when you got thousands of kids trying to get that call from an NFL team. And, you know, I mean, the fate, the fate of your career is in the hands of somebody saying yay or nay. So uh, the high school kids get it a lot faster than the Mm -hmm. middle school kids do. So what I do with the younger kids is I show them, you know, pictures of uh, God go on eBay and um, show them, you know, my football card, you know, being where you can buy my football card. So that tends to knock the questions out the way. And they just like, wow, (laughs) you have a football card, you know, so the house understand it a lot more because they understand the process is similar to to a college. So, you know, it it changes with with both demographics. The middle schoolers, of course, they got like 20 million questions and the high schoolers, they give you a few questions. And then after that, they kind of good with it and they might just ask me questions to help them. What can, what can they do to get to that next level? And you went on a new level cause now you, you you're giving back. I mean, philanthropy is such a big part of what you're 
doing in this post football life, you know, through your foundation, through your speaking engagements, through your children's book, even, I mean, how did that all come about? Why did you decide to give back in the way you are? The funny thing is I always wanted to work with kids or help kids in some type of way. Even Mm -hmm. when I was in middle to high school, my dream in middle school was I want to have my own rec league or, uh, you know, uh, pop one or rec. So I wanted to have, uh, where I can have kids and come. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. everything, you know, and going again, going through the college and playing at UVA, you know what I mean? A a top school. No, they, they, they kind of like molded us to understand, you know, take care of the community because no being a, 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 a college football player, especially on that level, a division one level, people tend to see you, you know, as God. So they tend to see you as like the, the ultimate because they I, I believe a lot of them wanted to do that and couldn't. So a lot of them live through you. But to be able to touch um, fans, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and, you know, and do it on a level where, you know, you're not being rude, you're not being mean or even with the uh, Jets of sitting outside for hours at the practice with uh, this one family for like two hours one day. And cause the, out of all the guys on the team, they picked the um, one, the young boy had picked me as one of his favorite players. And Aww. I didn't think that, right. I didn't think that was possible because, you know, we had guys, some, some top level guys, you know, and he saw me as one of his top guys. So, you know, and I played with Santana Mars, Curtis Martin, you know, some heavy players. And, but just the, that two hours of sitting there throwing a the ball with him, talking to his mom and his sister, you know, they were overjoyed with me actually taking that much time out of my day sure. on a free and not doing it. And that just clicked. And it's just like, you know, I want to do that when I get back home to Baltimore. And, you know, it took a while to, to definitely see the vision. And then 2011, I kicked it off um, at Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital. I remember it was like June or July. I visited Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital, and that just kind of like jump started everything. And you, you, you've been doing it for a bit. And so, right. 2011 is 2017 when we're recording this, guys. So for six years, you've been giving back in that way. But you also are coaching. You're working yes. in the public school system. Like, and I asked this of, of the Dream Chasers. <laughs> Every Dream Chaser I talk to seems to have this kind of lifestyle. So the question always comes: Do you sleep? Or is this some kind of adrenaline thing you got going that keeps you going? I it's just I don't understand. How do you do it all? Um, I do sleep. Uh, I, I do. I will say I had to come to a complete balance. And the thing that made me, you know, and, and they always say that something will always when it comes to like your health and, you know, yourself, you know, taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Something will tell you to sit your butt down when it's time to sit your butt down. So this past January, I was diagnosed with um bell's palsy and it just it came out the blue you know what i mean oh, it could yeah. have been over- sorry to hear that yeah i know no problem at all it could be from overstressing mm-hmm. um no it was stuff going on in december you know um keon had passed in december yes. um that was very scary because he was 39 years old you know so you know young man you know and of course doing a lot of stuff so on a good note the bell's palsy helped me kind of like reevaluate everything that I do. So from overbooking myself to, you know, once you get into this role of being a philanthropist, especially mm-hmm. having a background um, as being a former NFL player and somebody that promotes um, positivity, you know, right. from it's a bit home. of a wake up call. 
Right. Create my own quotes online and posting it and, and giving and up, you know, uplifting everybody else. It, it was a wake up call. Like, you know what, Tavon, you got to pull back a little bit and spread everything out. So um, this year has been, you know, it's been great, you know, but th- those first three years of, you know, pounding the pavement and getting everybody to to see my vision, to see my mission, to see whatever initiative we got going on. It was literally a daily, almost 24 hour thing to where, you know, myself and my co-founder, Melissa, we sit down and create our own brochures. You know, we create our own flyers, sending emails, you know, it was posting, 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 sending stuff on a daily basis. So, you know, I, I did have to create that balance. So what I did now is Monday through Friday, I do activities um, towards the um, foundation, whether it's sending out, you know, emails, whether it's um, talking to people. But once uh, Friday hits, um, Friday, kind of like early evening hits, I shut everything down for the weekend. So I'm starting to find that balance with not doing anything over the weekend unless it's something that I was booked for or that I already had on a calendar. But anything else, I just shut it down. So I think finding that, that balance is key. You know what I mean? I don't have the hundred percent way to do it, but I think whoever's listening and you know what I mean, whoever will hear this after, you know, is is recorded and you get to get to play it over and over again, you will understand it once you put yourself in that mode of realizing like, wow, you know what I mean? I'm only one person. No matter how much I do, much I say, I gotta take care of myself first. So yeah, it, it was tough. I'm not gonna lie. It was tough early on because it was a everyday thing. <laughs> Let me ask you, because that's a great point that I think a lot of us don't realize or, or accept and realize that it's okay. Did you feel that you were, because I'm going to say he's absolutely right, guys. You can't take of others until um, you take care of yourself. It's like when you're in a plane, right? Put on your own life preserver before you help someone right. else, right? That's what they right. say. It's a true statement in life as well. When you did that, Tavon, when you started taking care of yourself, putting yourself first and and scaling back. Did you think you were doing a disservice to the people who you were helping? Because I feel like that'd be Um, something I'd think about. uh, Not at all. Because the the main thing that I pulled back on was responding. And what I mean by responding was, uh, so this is how my day used to go in 2015, no, 2016. So if someone would send me an email, a message or whatever it was, I found myself answering right away. Mm. But if I would email someone, whether it's an organization, a business or anything, I wouldn't get a response back sometimes like four to even a, four days to even a week and a half later. So what I started thinking about when I was um, going through the Bell's palsy was, you know, something is strange here. <laughs> like I'm giving I'm giving people individuals immediate attention. However, you know, if I asked for the attention, you know, and with res- and and with respect, I didn't I didn't I didn't want people to respond back right away, but I wasn't getting that. So I had to realize to myself, I had to say to myself, like, you know, Tavon, you are doing a lot. You know, and people tell me, like, Tavon, you do a lot, you know what I mean, with your initiatives, uh, with helping people being an heir for people. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize to myself that, you know, I can't keep doing this because if I'm not getting the same respect back as far as being, um, getting responded, getting responses, then why am I responding back right away? Why am I up to like 1130, 12, 12, 1130 at night, 12 midnight, answering posts, answering questions, answering comments, you know? So I had to, again, I had to 
ask myself, like, you know, and tell myself, like, come on, you know, all the quotes that you put you put out and the positive you put out, you got to start thinking about it for yourself as well. So you got to start using it on your own, not just to give out to everybody. Look at it, read it yourself. Yes, we're so often quick to share all this stuff, but we forget that it, it should apply to us as well. And exactly. just to kind of clear something up, though, it's not that you thought others were being disrespectful to you, right? Do you think it was just how they did their business? Right, right. Yeah. Right. It's more so how they did their business, how they handled the business. Because me personally, my thing is if I have a service I can give, I guess it's, um, I'm, I guess I'm old school. You're where, full you throttle, know, man. Right. That customer service, that customer service. Oh, yeah. Aspect. I, I want to give it, you know, give it to you 100 percent. So I I guess it's just my belief that it should be given back that same way. So it wasn't, like you said, a, a disrespect um, issue. It was more so just how I was raised and how I was taught and what I've learned over the years yeah. um, of, you know, giving that personal that attention. Right. And giving that service back. You know, if, if I'm going to put my name out there and put myself out there that I do this, you know, I just believe it should come back the other way. You know what I mean? So I had to change that mindset as well. Uh, you know, everybody don't think and operate as I do. That one's harder to to wrap around one's head sometimes. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, guys, you know, when you're working with other people, not your priority isn't necessarily everyone else's priority. Right. right. And, and it's hard to understand that when you're working on something as like, wait, what do you mean? We, we need that right now. We got right, that right. out. And it doesn't always like, what are you talking about? That deadline is like in, in a month, like, shouldn't right. it be done by now? And you're they're like, no, we'll get it out. Like the week before, like, right. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's so late. Okay. Right. You know, and, and it's different, but you kind of have to adjust to remembering people aren't always, you won't always have the people with your mindset working with you. But you should right. always try and work with people who have the same mindset as you. Right, exactly. That made sense. But you're still making it work. I mean, you're still giving back. You had a wonderful slippers uh, uh -huh. gathering in Baltimore where you uh, were gathering slippers for the community, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you've also have a number of other activities going on. But I kind of want to talk about your book real quick. Okay. What inspired you writing a book? The crazy thing, the person that uh, that we know was my co-writer and um, who independent company, I mean, independent publishing company I signed with, she reached out to me on on Instagram because she saw my foundation thing. Mm -hmm. And we had a phone call and she's based out of Michigan. We had a phone call and she asked me, have you ever written a book? So I said, yes. I wrote a book um, before when we had talked, like the day before I wrote a book, I just sat at a computer and just started writing something. I'm still a kid at heart, so I have a, a, a huge imagination. So when I emailed it to her, um, she's like, this is great. You know, I, I showed it to my illustrator because she had written a f and published a few books. So she's like, you know, we should come up with something about you because, you know, everyone will everyone will fall hit, um, heels over head, head over heels for you because of. You know, you played in the NFL. Let's do mm -hmm. one over you. Let's do, you know, a diverse book. Let's do one showing who you are, you know, for our African-American community and for our kids. And she came up with the concept. And um, we use um, from the cover the uniform I have on is when I played with the Woodlawn Rams. So, you know, I told her I wanted to do, you know, it based off of when I played with the Woodlawn Rams. So, you no, know, and we just wrote. And I think a lot of it 
came from just my imagination and taking my imagination and taking facts and it's putting it together. And, you know, I mean, when uh, Thomas came up with the illustration and I was floored, you know, when I saw the, the, the process, just amazing. You know, she would email me the um, images starting at stick figures to what you see in the book now and what you see on the cover of Tavon Does It All. And I just was like, wow, you know, that's just amazing how that came to life. And so can we expect more from Tavon, the children's book author, or even just Tavon, the author? Oh, yes, yes. And then the, the one thing, and I'll go ahead and, and share it, you know, on the show with you, is I'm about to wrap up um, my a motivational book. Um, so I'm just going to close out this last chapter and the motivational book again, you know, coming from a lot of the quotes that I create and I will post on social media for people. So I actually went back through my Instagram and found the uh, quotes that I created and just took them and made a book out of them. So, and I just wanted to use it as a pocket guide for people, you know, when you have those moments, say you're, you know, you're, you're walking home or you, you know, you, you're walking through work or you're sitting at your desk or wherever you at. And, you know, you just having one of those moments. I wanted it to be the type of book where you can just pull it out and roll right to that, that chapter that pertains to you. And you can just start reading it and it kind of give that relief at the moment to help you get through what you um going through. So I'm actually going to make two series of those or two volumes of those. So I'm going to do a first one and I'm going to do a second one. That is fantastic. And guys, as soon as it releases, we will update the show notes page with the links where you can find that. So pay attention. Um, Tavon's first book, you can find on the show notes page. His upcoming ones will add to it as soon as they come out. But you heard it here first. There's more coming. I think that's awesome that you're doing that. Thank you. No, no problem at all. So do you have ideas for more stuff outside of books, outside of what you're doing? What else can people expect from you? Um, I'm definitely I'm, I'm, I'm pushing. Um, I'm trying to see where I want to go with the, um, the coaching world. Um, I'm going on my fourth season at Stevenson University. Um, and, you know, great things have came with uh, coaching there the last three seasons, um, going on four seasons. And I'm um, trying to think if, if that's the area I want to pursue. Um, I've been um, looking at trying to getting a commentating or getting into being a, you know, a sports reporter or doing a little broadcasting. So I'm trying to contact um, some of the uh, local area, local um, radio stations. Um, even, That's, hot. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Comcast sports network. So just trying to do some of that as well. So, you know, just again, you know, just turning those wheels uh, to, to keep pushing, you know, some of the talent that, that God has given me and, you know, and what I've been working on for, over these years, you know, so that's going to be like the next role. So, you know, you could see me <laughs> on on television or you could hear my voice on a, uh, one of the sports radio shows. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely pushing that. Um, and um, and after that, just seeing what else comes my way. You know, I'm, I'm still continuing doing the speaking. And matter of fact, I'm speaking tomorrow, um, tomorrow morning. I'm a good friend of mine. He's actually a Baltimore City police officer. And him and another officer came up with a youth leadership program the Western District. And he had reached out to me two weeks ago to ask if I would be one of the speakers tomorrow morning. So I'm going to be a speaker and this is going to shock you. Another friend that you know, uh, James Martin, is going to be a speaker tomorrow. No way. Yeah, James, <laughs> is a, uh, James is a assistant principal at Milford Mill High School. Stop. Stop. Our rival? Yep. What? 
Yep, our right. rival. Yep, he was at Woodlawn High for a few years, and then <laughs> he moved over to Milford. You know, he's trying to get his way to being a um a principal at a school, so he's just working up the ladder. So, and it's kind of cool, you know, the friend I, I've I've known him since fifth grade when I first started playing football in Woodlawn Rec. Um, we played at Woodlawn High School together. We've been friends for a while, and we're going over to the Western District um, Police Station to speak, you know, to to some of the youth tomorrow um, and the initials, I mean, the, the name of the program is called Hype. Um, I forgot what they break down to, but called Hype, you know, it's a youth leadership program that the police came up with, you know, just to try to try to close that gap between the community and the police department and, and just start that mentoring angle. But, you know, we, we both are on the same, you know, on, on going to be speaking tomorrow. So that, you know, it's another thing, you know what I mean? And another great guy, another great person that we've known, yeah. you know, was doing things and, you know, tomorrow we'll be speaking to some of the youth here in Baltimore. So that's next up tomorrow morning, you know, so just, just continue to speak in, you know, continue to be able to speak, you know, get out and just, you know, let kids know that, you know, you can do what you want to do, you know, and, and be yourself, you know what I mean? And even for adults, you know, being yourself, you don't have to attach on to someone and, and ride that wave with them if that's not your wave, you know what I mean? It's okay to be yourself and, things and big possibilities have come. Did y'all hear that? Did you hear what he just said? Can you say that once more, Dave? I definitely will. Just that, you know, you don't have to attach on. Again, this is for kids and adults. You don't have to attach on to anyone to to have growth, you know, or ride that wave in, you know what I mean? Be yourself and continue to push and, you know, great possibilities have come. Man, I, I'm supposed to wrap up with like one thing, but that was a great thing. I think you can come up with another. So we'll, we'll just keep going because I'm not going to stop there. That that was very important, guys. I hope you heard that because I had him repeat it. So often we, we're so quick to jump on someone else's bandwagon or train, right. right? We're living their dream, but what about your own? Right, exactly. Right, and you exactly. get lost in the hype of how things are going, the adrenaline of being with fam- friends and it's like, yes, and then- Take some time. Take a moment. Whose life are you living? Yours or theirs? Right. Exactly. You know, and it just just knowing your own your own lane. And this is funny. This is one thing I say, you know, when I do speak, you know, about myself is, you know, a lot of people like driving down or they want to drive down 95 south or go up 95 north because it's quick and it's easy. It's almost it's almost like being in a herd. You know, I mean, a herd follow each other. But, you know, I decided to take an off ramp and take a different route to get to where I needed to be at, you know, and I just try to get people to understand that you don't have to follow the same road as everyone else, you know, to get the results you want to see. Some people might get results quick. Some might, people might take a little while. Yours might take even longer, but I believe whatever road you follow, especially if it's a, the road that you created, you know what I mean? You appreciate it more and you're, you're, you're honor it more doing it your way. You know what I mean? Without having to cut corners. It's very true. It's very hard, though, guys, at the same time. Yeah. I, I We get that. Um, it's very difficult, sure, but not impossible. Right. That's the thing. I mean, because, Taylor, you have you, you've made your own path. Right. Yes. There, there, there's a path and then there's your path. You know, and I'm sure you've looked at other people's journeys and. Have you been envious of them? Um, I would say. I have my moments when I have, cause it's like, wow, like how did they get that that quick? Or right, how did they have right. that long? Then I had to realize that, you know, 
their path and my path, if I went their path, I might, it probably won't match up. You know what I mean? I probably won't get the same results as they did. You know what I mean? Maybe this is the way for me. You know, I've always, and I also have people, you know, that kind of look down on, on what I'm doing because I'm not doing it for the money. You know, sometimes I get paid for coming out to speak at certain things, but I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it to kind of better our communities and, and better our world, you know, overall. And I'm not looking to the financial aspect, you know what I mean? And um, so I get some backlash for that. But in my mind and in my heart, you know, I know I'm doing right. You know, for instance, when um, our last um, slipper drop off uh, last Thursday, you know, we visited uh, the University of Virginia um, Children's Hospital. I had the opportunity to go back to my school and the one young lady, you know, who I visited in her room, her and her dad, you know, mm-hmm. they when I left out the room. Her dad had looked me up and was like, oh, can he come back, sign an autograph? So the young lady um, named Faith had me autograph the back of her cell phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, from her dad to her mom, they've been sending me inboxes on my foundation Facebook page on, you know, just you don't know what you did when you came into that room. Like she was down all week because of, you know, her surgery. And when you came in there, she's been smiling. She's been happy. She's been upbeat. So to me, that kind of like tops any amount of money that sure. I could get. I get messages like that. Like I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm doing it. I'm doing right when I, I receive messages like that, you know what I mean? From complete strangers, you know what I mean? People I never met before. And I, I receive messages from people like that and not just the, the kids, but their, their parents, you know, their grandparents, their, their own aunts, their uncles. So, you know what I mean? That keeps me afloat and help me, help my vision stay clear on what I'm doing is, is the right thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's awesome. And not surprising to me. Uh, I'm, I am biased, but I got 20 years to, to take the bias away, guys. So that's the kind of guy yeah. he is. But that's also a great testament to the work you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's just just for for us, you know, as a people. And I, I, I say, you know, one of the things I, I posted a quote last month that, you know, if we increase the love, will decrease the hate for each other. So, you know, just trying to make that possible, you know, and I know I'm just one person amongst billions, but, you know, I mean, you know, if, if I can just keep plugging and plugging and plugging, you know, that voice will be heard, you know, and and I'm not going to stop, you know what I mean? I'm not going to stop doing that. Which, you know, don't keep doing, keeping you to the truest that you are. And because Taylor, I think I love what you're doing. I love what is to come. And I'm so happy that life hasn't like brought you down. But if, if nothing else, you're bringing people to life. Which... Right. And that's my the main goal, you know, just to keep them upbeat, you know, and just get, let them see that, you know, it, they do matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have a voice. It's just how you use your voice. Sure. Now, yep. as we wrap up, the one thing, because you had that deep one before, but I'm not going to count that. What right. is one thing you would tell someone who has a dream may not be chasing. What is one thing they can do today to chase their dreams? Um, the one thing they should do today mm-hmm. to chase their dream is to sit down and write down their goals. Oftentimes, um, you know, a lot of people, they have a thought, but they don't create a plan. You know what I mean? And I think if you sit down and and create that goal and start working on one goal at a time, you know, a lot of time 
we try to we, we try to be like octopus. We try to have an arm here, arm there, arm there, arm there. We trying to figure out why we keep moving around in a circle. Um, so pick that one dream and then go 100 percent at it. And when you hit that wall and we all do, you know what I mean? I hit speed bumps through my career sure. of athletics. When you hit that speed bump, you know what I mean? Step back, you know, take a deep breath and then go back at it again, you know, but never quit. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, another quote that I have, you know, and for the listeners that, you know, that I created, even through adversity, I will not quit. So no matter what storm comes at you, it can be a tiny storm, it can be a major storm, no matter what it is. You know what I mean? Shake it off and keep going back at it. Another thing you can do is surround yourself with like-minded people. You said it earlier yourself. You got to surround your people, surround yourself with people that that are positive, that have similar missions as you or similar goals as you or have goals in general. You know what I mean? If you put yourself around individuals that are content with what they're doing, no, you're going to stay the same way. You know, never settle. Find people or put people around you who are driven, you know, what I mean, that's going to help keep your mojo going, you know. So I, I, that's like one of my things or some of the things that I like for the listeners to to take with them. You know what I mean? Don't don't stop on something. Don't quit on something because it's, it's because it got hard. You know, if you have to take a, a day or two away from it, take two days away from it and go back in it. You know, there's been plenty of times during this journey of, of, the, of my foundation where um, like I believe I say it was twice where I, I wanted just to shut it down because I, you know, I have people that will come in, you know, what I mean, they would pose as if they wanted to help. And I, I guess that main thing was getting out of it was, you know, I'm working with Tavon and he's a former NFL player. So it's going to help boost up my resume. And then they end the win. And I had a price where I just like, you know what, I'm going to be done. I don't want to do this anymore. But mm-hmm. what I did was I took two or three days away from it. And then once I shook it off, I came right back and, you know, to date has grown. You no, know, it's grown to where we have serviced the men's uh, shelter. You know, we did a uh, winter coat and toilet you drive for the men's shelter on um, Wednesday. Um, we finished our um, healthy snack drive for Camp St. Vincent de Paul. We go into Camp St. Vincent de Paul on Wednesday to drop all these snacks off, healthy snacks off for the camp. And Camp St. Vincent de Paul, they uh, cater to homeless children that live in live in shelters or live in all type of different um, living conditions, but they bring the kids in for free. And last year, my team and I started a, a healthy snack drive for them and we collected healthy snacks so they can have during camp. So, you know, those two times that I thought about quitting and I just took a step back and I came back in at full, full steam, it got me to where I am now to the point where, you know, the, the, with the slipper drive, from since 2012, we've collected well over 2,000 pairs of slippers, and we have expanded hospitals. We went from one hospital in 2012 to this year, we to to up to 2017. Now we into like seven hospitals each year. That's you know, amazing. So, yep, seven hospitals and and taking hundreds of pairs of slippers to different hospitals. Two of the hospitals, Amy, have been in Virginia, so we even took our slipper drive on the road. So you know. That just goes to show you that regardless of what's going on, you can make it happen. But if you don't believe and I'm not talking about your friends or even your the people that work with you, if you don't believe in what you're doing in yourself, then it doesn't matter. But you have to be it, it starts with you. You have to believe in yourself. And I had to just I had to step back, reevaluate, 
And I, I, I started that fire again and, you know, and, and we we're rolling. That's amazing. Congratulations, Tavon. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Guys, you can learn more about the foundation and the work Tavon is doing on the show notes page. Tavon, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and of all your activities to, to talk with us and let us catch up. Loved every minute oh, yeah. of it. No problem. I appreciate you. And I'm so happy. Like I said, I got to connect with you. And definitely, if you come back into town anytime soon, please contact me so we can get up and just talk. See what's and get catch up. We will. We will for sure. Thanks. No problem. Thank you. Andrew Chasers, that was my good friend, Tavon Mason. How awesome is he and the work he is doing? He has had an amazing dream chase journey and one that I hope you guys learn from with what he was saying. And he had some great advice throughout the episode. And I can't emphasize enough everything he has said. There's too many for me to go back from. But if you forgot, go back and listen to the episode or go check out the show notes page over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 98. That's episode 98. All right, guys, there are only two more episodes. and Well, I guess there's only one more episode before we hit the hundred. So two more episodes and we're into triple digits and that's mind boggling to me, but we could not have done it without you and the fantastic guests we've had in the past. So feel free, go back, check out the, uh, the archives that we have over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com. See what we've done, see where we've come from, our past, if you will, and keep looking out for the new ones. And, you know, until next time, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.